Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. Hey, welcome back to the Hammer and Grind podcast. On this episode, I'll be talking to you and teaching you how to score with women. I, I, I mean, I mean, with Lee, how to score with your clients. Yeah. Okay. Now, seriously, this could potentially be a class on dating. There's a secret hidden master class on dating tied into this podcast episode, which we're going to talk about what the sales process should look like, what it actually means, what it looks like in real time, in real life, using the metaphor of dating. And that's what we're going to talk about on this, this uh, episode. Stick around. There's going to be a lot of things in here that are going to uh, relate into if you're a single guy, this is going to relate to you as well. All right. So it's like a two for one. Now, if you're married, maybe you can use some of this to re-engage with your spouse. Okay. So hang tight with me for a little bit. We're going to get into this. It's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate you hanging out with me today. So how is the sales process like dating? Well, first, let me kind of lay out the steps that we typically do, what we discuss and what I teach in the Profit Club using the Profit Sales System, which is just a system that I've developed, uh, you know, borrowing things from here and taking things from over here and basically putting together a sales process that worked for me in my business and that now I teach other clients to use in their business and they have a lot of success with it. Okay. So, Let's paint the picture here. You have a you go to a local the coffee shop every morning to get your coffee and there's a you know a cute little barista working there and you're interested in her. And so over the you know maybe a month or two you're like stocking them, you know, getting extra coffee maybe twice a day. I don't know. Some of you are kind of like that. <laughs> but you're going and you you identify that this is somebody who you might be interested in, okay? Now the only thing that's slightly different here is that a lot of us, our clients are coming to us. We're not going to the clients. Okay. So just work with me with this, work with me with this metaphor. That's the only thing you have to use your imagination. So the client reaches out and fills out a form on your website. If you don't have a website, are you even serious about being in business? But I digress. They fill out a form on your website. They call you, they get a referral. They see your Facebook ad. They see your wrap truck. Uh, the neighbor has it, you know, has work done by you. They see you, whatever. They initiate contact and now they know you exist and you know they exist. Okay. And so through this exchange of information, they fill out the form, they send you an email, you reply back, you know, email or you call them or whatever or text or you talk to them in person and you go, yeah, would you be interested in going out on a date with me? Right. And they're like, yeah, actually, I'm in the market for finding a husband. You're like, great, I'm in the market for finding a wife. This is perfect. Let's go on a date, okay? Now, some of you will want to run right over to their house and ask them to get to bed, get in bed with them. You just sleep with them. Yeah, I'll come right over. As soon as I get off work, I'll come right over there and try to get in your pants. Like, I mean, that's what some of you are trying to do. So we're going to roll this back into like the 1940s and 50s when people had class and they actually would 
court people. They would actually seek them out over a period of time to make sure they're the right one. Okay. So call me old school if you want. That's fine. That's just what works. Okay. So you say, hey, let's go out on a date. They say, that's great. So you go out on the date with them and you go to your favorite restaurant and you start the small talk. You know, where, where are you from? Uh, what's your family like? You know, where do you see yourself in five years? What do you do for work? Like the small talk stuff. You're just trying to get to know them and find out more information about them to make sure they're not a serial killer or they're crazy or they've been married 18 times, right? Or they're, you know, serial dater or they like to get around with people, right? You're the fifth contractor they've talked to to get a pro, you know, an estimate for this project. Like those are things you're trying to find out on this date. And so on this date, you're asking these important questions. How long you've been thinking about getting this project done? I.e., how long have you been on the market? How long have you been dating? How long have you been looking for a serious relationship? How long have you been thinking about getting this project done? What's changed or what's got you motivated to want to get this project done now? Like, why are you back on the market? Okay, you, you came off a serious relationship two years ago. Why are you just now looking for dating? Why haven't you been dating in the last two years? What's changed, right? These are questions that we're asking. What's got you motivated to get this done now? What's your time frame? Like, when, when are you anticipating to have this project done? Now, this is a little bit of forecasting. That's like, when are you anticipating getting married? Now, obviously, we don't know that, but that's kind of what we're forecasting here. It's a subtle way of asking. Like, you know, where do you see yourself in two years? Are you going to be working? Are you still going to be dating? Are you hopefully going to be married and settle down and start having kids? Like, where do you see yourself in the future? What's your timeline, right? Are you getting closer to 40s and you like, you're a woman, you feel like, you know, you're ovulating and you got to get, have kids, get married and have kids, like kind of getting a little desperate. Like, where are you at? Where are you at in this process? Where are you at in this timeline? Another question could be, have you talked to other contractors? Tell me where you're at in this process. Have you talked to other contractors? Have you gotten estimates? Have you done any window shopping? Have you been on Tinder swiping? Right? Like this is, this is, you see how this stuff's starting to correlate here? I want to know if I'm the fourth contractor that you've been on a date with this month. Right? What's that say about someone's personality? To say about their commitment level. Now, keep in mind, we're looking for a serious relationship. We're looking for a commitment. We're not out there playing the field. We're not out there trying to hook up with people right and left. Okay, that's not what we're doing here. We're trying to find long-term serious relationships. Because when you work for your client, it is a long-term serious relationship. Now, it may only be three days, three weeks. It could be three months. I have some clients that are in relationships, i.e. the projects last three years. So understand the time frame can change depending on what you do, but it's still a, it's still a long-term relationship. We're finding out all of this information on the first date. And remember, the first date is a phone call. It's not an in-person. It's a phone call. I'd much rather spend 20 to 30, maybe even as much as an hour on a phone call before I get out to their house and realize that I can't even do their job or their budget is not realistic or their time frame is unrealistic, right? I'd rather go on a date and get some information before I go to their house and find out that they have an extra friend 
uh, somewhere on their person, right? Because today you don't know. That's like one of the questions. Or how was you born? What was your gender when you were born? And that might offend some of you. Uh, I don't really care. That's, that's the reality of today, okay? These are things we want to find out before we actually get in bed with them. I think most of you would agree with that. I realize I may have some female listeners just reverse the roles, okay? All of this applies equally on both sides. But because I'm a man, I'm speaking from a man's perspective. Hopefully you can understand that. So we go on the date. We find out. We're interested. Okay, our budgets align. Our time frames align. The project scope aligns, right? Our, this is no different than dating. Our beliefs on uh, you know, spirituality align. Our beliefs on monogamy uh, aligns. Our beliefs on having kids align. Our beliefs on po- politics align. All these things align. And by the way, they call that equally yoked in the uh, in, in, in religion, it's called equally yoked. In Christianity, you want to be equally yoked to your partner. If you're a Republican and they're a Democrat, not saying it can't work, but there's always going you have a point of conflict that you're always going to have to work through, right? If one person believes in God, the other person doesn't, you're not equally yoked. It's a point of conflict. A lot of our morals and values come from that. And so this is no different than with your clients. If I'm doing work for someone who is a, you know, crazy, you know, liberal out there, left side Democrat, like hates Trump and anything that has to do with Trump and the Republicans, and I'm a crazy right wing, you know, MAGA Trump supporter and hate Democrats and everything that has to do with them. Don't you think at some point when you're working in their house that those conversations may come up? Can't you see into the future And see like, oh, wait a minute, this could be a potential problem. This could be a point of contention with us. I had this experience one time working for a client when I was a, I was not, not in my business. I was working for a contractor. I was his lead carpenter and we were doing this remodel project for a client, which funny story turned out to be one of my best clients once I went out on my own, but I was working for this client and she was very liberal I'm conservative, and we were having a conversation, and I remember distinctly I was working on a door. I was, like, installing a door in a closet or fixing those hinges or something, and she's like, why? You know, why, Brad? Why don't you like this, and why aren't you like that? And I was, like, snapped, and I was like, because I don't, you know, I don't believe in abortion and stuff. Like, I just snapped, and she was, like, kind of taken back. She didn't, like, get mad or upset, but she, like, you know, then we, like, she stepped back. Everyone realized it was just an overreaction, and it was okay after that. But that was the only time that I lost my cool in front of a customer, and I realized at that point, like, we can't talk about politics ever, right? But if I'm working in someone's house for six weeks or six months, those conversations are going to come up. I'm going to see evidence of that stuff in their house. And if I'm crazy on one side and they're crazy on the other, there's going to be a clash, it's just going to happen. And so this idea that if someone calls you, you have to go date them and then eventually marry them because they called you is crazy. That's what amateurs do. Amateurs believe they have to sell every lead that come in. Professionals understand that every lead that comes in has to be filtered first to make sure it's a good fit, right? This is where a lot of contractors become self-employed laborers for their clients because they believe 
that because as a, as a business owner, their job is to make their client happy and to do whatever they say. This is why you see the post on Facebook and social media where, you know, they, I saw one, I think it was yesterday. It was a picture of a, of a, a bathroom and it was a toilet and there was a door like, you know, going into the bathroom, but the location of the door was next to the toilet and the door was open. And so there was no way to close the door because the toilet was in the way. So in other words, the toilet was blocking the path of the door swing and it was open. Like in the comment was like, you know, the, the customer says, I want a door in every single room, right? Some contractors believe that whatever the customer tells them, that's what they do. Well, they're paying me. They're the client. My job is to make them happy and do whatever they tell me. So if they tell me to put a door in the toilet by the toilet, you know, where there shouldn't be one, I'm going to do it. And then I don't understand why they're mad at me because they told me to put it there. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but there are contractors who actually work like this. That's an ex extreme example. But there are examples in your business where you believe a client calls you and you need work. Like you don't have enough work coming in. A client calls you. You try everything in your power to sell that person, to get that sale. And they're not equally yoked with you. They're not a good fit. And then what ends up happening is the next three weeks of doing this project, they're a nightmare customer. You end up losing money. Both of you have a bad taste in your mouth. They leave a bad review. You get pissed off and you think clients are terrible. They think customer or contractors are terrible. And everybody loses simply because you took a job, you got in bed and got married to someone that you shouldn't have. That's what happens. So this courting process, which blows my mind, or people don't like, uh, never mind, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> it just blows my mind that, you know, you think you're going to go out and uh, sleep with someone on the first night and that's going to be your wife and everything's going to be great. Like the, the whole purpose of courting is, the, is to find this stuff out. It's a long-term process. I digress. You have to go through this process to make sure they're going to be a good fit. Okay. This is the difference between amateurs and professionals. So we're on the date. We're asking them questions. We find out everything is in alignment. Everything is going well. Now, when we do discovery calls and we find this information out, it's really like going on the six months worth of dates combined into one call. If you were dating someone, you may go, you may date them for, you know, three months, six months, a year before you decide you want to marry them, right? Or ask them to marry you. In construction, the process happens on one phone call. The entire dating process happens on a phone call. And the, the majority of it, though, is the first date. Like the first half of the call, which is what we call uh, discovery. There's four pillars, discovery, investment, objections, commitment. The first part of the discovery call is, is called discovery. And that is where we figure out the motive. That is where we're finding out all of these questions. Are we equally yoked in our goals here? Okay. Do we have the same goals aligned with this project? The other part of the discovery call is like the additional three to six months of dating before you, you know, propose. Does that make sense? So we're, we're condensing this down into one phone call. Now, you go through the phone call, you go through discovery, you give them the investment, you give them a range. You know, I'm looking to have uh, two to three kids and hopefully in the next five years. 
That's your investment. And your client's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. The same thing. Cool. No objections. We're trucking along. What's the next commitment? Hey, would you uh, like to go on vacation to Hawaii? Yeah, that'd be great. Let's go on Hawaii. That's the commitment. You know, that, that's, you're committing to a time frame, a timeline, an action. Great. I'll come out there. Now, you do have to pay. You know, this is a little bit of a stretch here. You have to pay your airfare out there, but I will cover everything else. You know, it's going to be $1,000. It's going to be $1,500. Okay. Yeah, I can. That's fair. You know, we'll split the cost. That's fair. Cool. So we go to Hawaii. That's, and then we're going out to their house. Okay. You guys tracking so far? Trying to keep this in line here. Now we've set a time to go to their house and look at their project. We've already given them the, the criteria. We've matched the criteria. We're equally yoked on time frame, on budget, on all of that stuff. Okay. So now we're going to go to Hawaii and vacation together. But really, I have a ring with me because I'm going to propose. And so I go to their house, right? I.e. I'm on vacation. They've paid for the airfare, i.e. they paid for the consultation to, to know they're serious. Because if my girlfriend of six months is like, no, I'm not paying. That's stupid. Why would I pay you pay for the airfare? You should pay all that. You should take care of me like that. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know if this is the right person now, right? That's the purpose of the consultation charge. And so you're going to Hawaii, you agree to the consultation, you show up, and on this on-site consultation is really the final push, the final step in making sure everything is aligned. Before I propose, I want to just make sure that we're aligned. I'm taking them you know, out of their, their environment to a different location to see how they act, see how that goes, see if we can you know, for equally compatible and all that stuff. And then on that on-site consultation, I'm proposing. Literally, it's what proposal is for. Here is a proposal, right? I'm proposing to them, this is what it's going to cost to do your project. If you like me, if you trust me, right? If you know, like, and trust me, and we're equally aligned, let's get married. Here's the proposal. You're on Hawaii. You're on the beach. It's beautiful, glass of wine, the stars are coming out. You get down on one knee and you propose. Hopefully they say yes, right? Hey, just a quick timeout from the show. In the next 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you exactly how you can transform your contracting business. Imagine being part of a community of winners where you can find out exactly what they've done to be successful. That's exactly what you get when you join the Profit Club. But it's not just a community. You get lifetime access to all of my course-related material, including all future material that I add. But wait, there's more. Each week, you'll get access to three group coaching calls to talk about sales, marketing, and business problems and answer any questions that you may have. Still not convinced? How about personalized one-on-one coaching to help you overcome your limits? And here's my promise to you. I guarantee you will double your investment within 90 days or I personally will work with you one-on-one until you do. So don't wait. Elevate your game with the Profit Club today. Now let's get back to the show. So, so far we've been on the date and the first six months of dating. Now we've done the proposal. What's next? The next thing after the proposal and they say yes is you have to plan for the wedding. You have to plan to get married. Let's say you're going to get married in six months, which is what my wife and I did. From the time we, I proposed and she said yes, we got married six months later. 
Okay. Now my wife and I are both very, like, uh, very organized, very kind of overachievers. Like let's get stuff done. Like very boom, 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 make decisions. And so we were able to do that in six months. No problem. Some people need a year. You know, some people need longer to plan the perfect wedding and all this crap. That is when you're picking out selections for the project. That's when you're really getting to see their personality, making difficult decisions. And you're really kind of navigating those waters. Some of you sell a job and then you disappear for six months. <laughs> and then you call the week before, hey, it's Brad, we're ready to get your project started. And you know they're like, dude, you left me in Hawaii. Like you just got up and left uh, after I said yes. And I haven't seen you in six months. Like I've moved on. I pawned your ring and I found somebody else. Like, what are you talking about? I haven't heard from you in six months. And again, that sounds ridiculous, but that is what some people do. They make a sale and then disappear. I got the sale on to the next one, right? This is why you have people that like, after they get married, it's like they say the switch went off and everything changed. No, it didn't. The signs were there. You just ignored the signs. This is from a, from a, even from a customer's perspective with a contractor. They should be looking for signs, red, red flags of the contractor. You're looking for red flags of the customer. This is the dating process, okay? So you ask to get married. They say yes. You give them the contract. They say yes. Everything's great. Now you're planning for the wedding. You're doing the, you know, picking out selections, picking out the flowers, what color tux and all that stuff. You're working through the details of the wedding. The wedding day is the first day of the project. Everyone has high ex expectations. Everything needs to be perfect. You're excited because it's a new project and you hope on this job, you're going to actually make a profit and everything's going to be go going well. You've been listening to the podcast. You've been getting some of my free resources and you've been raising your prices slowly and trying to implement some of these things. So you're excited. And so the first day of the project is the actual wedding day and everything needs to be perfect. Everyone's in good spirits. Everyone's happy. Change is coming. The client, right? Your fiance, they're excited because they're getting, uh, uh, they're getting married, which is what they've dreamed of forever, right? This is the beginning of the marriage. Day one is the beginning of the marriage. And then the rest of the project is like the first three years of marriage. And so some of you show up on day one. Everything's great. You say, hey, guys, have at it. And then you, the owner, the salesman, disappear Okay. And you don't tell your clients where you're at. You don't come in and check on them. And they feel like you're the husband that just went off to work and travels all the time and is never home. You never even call to check in with them. You never call to see how they're doing, see if they need anything. You're just like, Hey, I got the, I'll let my guys take care of it. I'll let my assistant, you know, take care of everything. And you're out, you check out. There was no transfer of trust. If you're the one working, that's fine. But if you have a team and you're not on the job anymore, there was no transfer of trust. There was no conversation with your spouse of like, honey, I need to build the business. And so I'm going to be traveling for the next six weeks. And I just need you to trust me. I'll call and check in on you, you know, once a week, blah, 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 blah. Here's what we're doing. In the meantime, my team will take care of everything and make sure you're good. You know, my assistant will make sure you have the, you know, get the dry clean or whatever, like whatever it is, like you're taking care of them. It's just not you personally doing it. 
because you're off traveling for work, right? This is the same thing that happens when you start a project. If you don't transfer the trust, which is what it's called, transfer of trust, it's you and your lead guy and the client meeting on day one and saying, this is John. He's my lead guy. He's my right-hand man. He's going to take care of you. I've hired him to take care of you, to be a surrogate husband, you know, minus the romance. He's going to take care of you while I'm gone on vacation or on business, rather. And the spouse is like, okay, it's not ideal. I thought you were going to be here, but cool. You trust him, so I trust him. Everyone's happy. If I need something, I go to John. John can get a hold of me, and we can relay I'm still going to check in with you once a week, stop by the job site, see how stuff's going, so you know that I'm still here, right? That's a transfer of trust. And then the rest of the time on the project is really the marriage. It's getting to know the ins and outs of them. It's getting to really see some of those hidden things that you should have seen, the red flags, but you ignored. And this is where clients are like every day asking you questions. This is where clients pull up a lawn chair and sit out in front and watch you work all day long. I've had that happen before. This is where that stuff happens because there weren't enough red flags or there, I, let me take it back. There were red flags, but you ignored it because you were just excited to get in their pants, right? You were excited to get that job. If you start looking at leads as a long-term commitment, as a marriage, it will change the, the dynamic of this process. So before you get married and find out that they're crazy and spend the next three years in misery only to get divorced, lose half of your possessions, pay child support, you know, co-parent with someone, it's probably a little bit less of an annoyance to simply spend an, uh, 35 minutes to an hour on a phone call with someone, right? I'd rather date someone for three weeks, find out that they're crazy, and then move on, then get married to them, and then six years later, finally realize they're crazy, and then waste the last six years of my life. The reason why people have so many problems with clients is because they're ignoring all of this pre-selling the job. They're ignoring it because they're, they're taking jobs out of desperation, or they don't understand what the real dynamic is between a contractor, business owner, and a client, right? Your job is not to make them happy. You're not their employee. You're not a laborer. It's much easier, guys, to spend 30 to 45 minutes on a phone call asking the right questions, finding out what kind of person they are, are they going to be a good fit for your services, and can you deliver that than it is to go through all of that, and then everyone's disappointed, and then you get a bad review, and then you hate your job and you hate your work, and you hate clients, right? And then you hear somebody's like, yeah, I did that, and I just it was just easier to give up and go work for somebody else, and now I don't care anymore. This is where all these different soundtracks come from. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you are a one-man operation. I don't care if you have a 1,000 employees. I don't care if you are you know, in retail, if you're in uh, e-commerce, if you're in the service-based industry. It does not matter what business you're in. There are pros and cons to every single business and every single structure. And so when you are stuck in the valley of despair and you're like, I don't know where to go. And somebody comes bouncing down the road and says, oh, yeah, 
well, I quit my job and got a, and went and worked for a big corporation as a project manager. And now I make 150000 a year and they give me a truck and it's the easiest thing ever. And you're like, oh, well, that's what I need to do, right? And then you go do that and then you get over there and two years later, you hate that job. Because the grass is always greener on the other side when you don't think there's any options. The reality of it is you've been doing it wrong. You've been listening and taking bad advice. You've been hearing soundtracks from people on social media and other contractors who are broke, who, you know, who feel like failures, who feel worthless. And the way that they can feel a little bit better is by making you feel worse than them or at least bringing you down to their level, which makes them feel more normal, right? If I, wanted, if I, was, if I was a terrible contractor, like I just sucked at it, and I wanted to feel better about myself, I just surround myself with other terrible contractors. And then I could say, see, look, here's 20 other contractors that are experiencing the same thing that I am. This is just the reality of contracting. It sucks. People are cheap. Nobody wants to pay for stuff. You know, people don't want to work anymore. Woe is me. That's the trap we fall into is that everybody is like me. And that's just the reality. Except this over here looks greener. This opportunity looks greener. And so when you're in the valley of despair, that's when that happens. The reality of it is you've just been doing it wrong. You've been listening to these other people who have told you that you can't charge for consultations. Lie who've told you that you can't raise your prices because the guy down the street's going to undercut you lie. Who's told you you can't find good help out there. Lie. These are lies. I know they're lies because I can disprove all of them. I have, I have actual proof. I have clients right now who these, these things don't apply to them at all. Like this is not an issue for them. I had clients just last week sold his first 50% Gross profit job in commercial, thought it was never possible. Was selling jobs for 30%. I said, dude, raise your prices. I don't know, man. I don't know. I said, dude, raise your prices. Okay. Sells a job 50%. Beaming. Super happy. He's like, this is crazy. I would have never thought it's possible. I said, yeah, I know. I understand. This is my reality every time when I have new contractors come in and show them that this is stuff that's easy. The stuff's super easy if you have the right information, but you've been operating under the wrong operating system. You've had all these soundtracks playing in your head from all the, the hack jobs and the scrubs and the wannabes out there on, online telling you what's possible and not possible, and you're believing it because you haven't surrounded yourself with the right people, with the right information. And so to tie this back into the sales process, once you implement the sales process, you will never go back to the old way of free estimates and you will never do a job without doing a consultation or I'm sorry, a discovery call first. None of my clients who have implemented charging for consultations and using a discovery call have ever switched back to just going out and doing free estimates. Now, there obviously there's special circumstances sometimes, but I'm saying in general, their daily operating procedure, their MO, right? Like they'll never do a free estimate again, ever. And this ranges from handyman jobs all the way to multi-million dollar jobs. It works across the board. It works. If you have the right information, if you understand 
how to apply this. And so hopefully this podcast has give you a little bit of a of a visualization of what this marriage should look like, what this sales process should look like. And here's a little bonus tip for you guys. If you really, really, really want to get in good with your clients, prospects slash dates, tap into their emotions and then label it back to them that you understand their emotions and they will fall head over heels with you. Like that's just the reality of it. You know, some guys use this for evil. We use this for good because we're not teaching, you know, contractors that are trying to screw people. We're teaching contractors that are truly trying to provide a good service and a good product for their clients, but also want to be able to make some money and have a good life for them and their employees. And it's a win-win all the way around. But you can use this as a manipulation tactic for sure. You can manipulate people for bad. That's definitely possible. Those people we don't work with. I've turned down many, many people to the Profit Club because I don't believe that their, uh, that their views and their values of what they're trying to do align with what my mission is. And so I, I don't let them in. It's a very, very tight-knit community of winners who want to be professional and get paid what they're worth, right? So they don't wake up in the morning and feel worthless or feel helpless or even feel hopeless right? That's what we do in the Profit Club is provide the community and the support and the training to be able to be the best version of yourself. And if you go back and listen to the very first podcast I ever recorded, we outlined the, what the mission was, is, to, is for self-mastery, right? Mastery of yourself. And that is the ultimate mission of the Profit Club and this podcast is to be the best version of yourself. And that's what we talk about in the Profit Club. So hopefully this gave you some insight into how to think about the sales process. And not even once you get the, once they say yes, even after, that's just as important as the before, right? Because the after part is what's gonna get you a glowing review. The after part is what's gonna get you referrals. And the, uh, the other after part of that, which I didn't even talk on is lifetime value. Some of you look for, are looking for a one-night stand, when if you look for a marriage, you're going to have a, year, a lifelong worth of value. They're going to call you and have you remodel their bathroom, and then their other bathroom, and then their kitchen, and then their basement, and then a room addition, and then a new house. And so over the lifetime of this marriage, right, this, this relationship, you may get a million dollars worth of business from them. But if you're trying to one hit wonder, one night stand people, you might get 10,000 out of them. You might get 30,000 out of them, but you'll never get any more out of them. So when you build relationships with your clients, you are building a lifetime value of them. Many of my clients are returning, you know, of my construction clients were returning clients. So almost the average was over, was two jobs on average per client. I would do at least two jobs some more, some less, you know, some just one time. But on average, every client would hire us for two jobs. So if you're just trying to one night stand people, it's not going to work long term. And the word's going to get around too, guys. The word's going to get around that you've been sleeping around with everybody. And then now all of a sudden, none of the women in your town want to go out with you because they know you're just a player, right? But if you are a romancer and you get people and understand their emotion, 
and they fall in love with you and they go tell their friends how amazing you are, now their friends want you to come and do their projects. That's long-term success. There's short-term gain, the one-night stand, and there's long-term success, the lifetime value of a customer. I can tell you right now, the long-term success plan is much, much easier, less headache, and, and, and it comes with a lot less disappointment. A lot less disappointment. So, guys, I hope you appreciate this, um, this format. A little bit different with the metaphor. thought it would be fun to kind of put this together. Uh, also, if you use this and you, you know, for dating, let me know. I'm just curious. Maybe I'll write a dating book after this. Maybe if the construction coaching doesn't work out, I'll go and start being a dating coach. <laughs> let, me, let me know in the comments uh, what you think. And I uh, appreciate you hanging out with me. You know where to find me on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, uh, pot, uh, yeah, whatever I'm at, YouTube. TikTok, just search for the Hammer and Grind podcast. And uh, I'll see you next time. And remember, guys, profit is not a dirty word. <laughs>